Fort Wayne, Indiana, The Fan. Live, local, and talking about the teams that matter to you. This is Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Brought to you by Automotive Color and Supply. Good morning and welcome to Talkin' Sports for a Saturday, August 21st, 2021. Along with producer, co-host extraordinaire, Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net. I'm Jim Shovlin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts until the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you have a question, comment, opinion, rant, suggestion, you know the deal. Yeah. Hit up our Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 46862. Put TS in the front of your message, if you will. And week one of the high school football season is, uh, for all intents and purposes, in the books. And we are going to recap all of that. And uh, the grandson tour continues. Uh, we had Caleb on uh, a couple of weeks ago. Now it's Miles Shovelin is uh, joining Justin and I and uh, bringing up the intelligence level in this studio this morning. Miles, good morning, sir. Morning. Morning. So I don't uh, think he's awake. Look at him. Well, I know his hair and his well, the, voice. Oh, yeah, the, yeah, the hair looks like. Uh, yeah, that's needs combed, but uh, yeah. Uh, Miles, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, where do you go to school? Uh, Croninger. Okay, and how old are you? Uh, eight. Okay, you love sports. Yeah. What's your favorite football team? Um, Chiefs. Okay, this is Front over. Runner. This is over. Yeah, I, you like that Pat Mahomes guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, okay. Well, on to uh, other things. No, I'm just kidding. And, in fact, a little bit later on, Miles is going to be uh, giving us a few of the high school football scores, too, along the way. So uh, that should be exciting, shouldn't it? Yeah. What, you want to give a shout-out to any uh, anybody or anything like that while we got a chance? Mm, nah. No? Well, I bet your mom and dad are crying right now. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, we will come back to you shortly, and uh, you can give us some scores. Okay. But... In the meantime, let's give you some scores from last night's week one. And I'll tell you what, once again, last night, 1380 leads the way. Seven hours of comprehensive high school football coverage, starting with Brett and Caleb with the sports rush live from Carroll High School. And then it was the pregame show, the game, the postgame, all the way up to 11 o'clock. So uh, uh, if you love football and if you love high school football keep it tuned to 1380 all right here are the scores from the summit athletic conference last night it was concordia uh kind of ushering in the eli maddox era and uh, full-time beating southside 42 to 20 justin good win for concordia to start the eli maddox era the mike eschbach era as well and uh, it was a competitive football game i, I thought we saw while, um, you know, Concordia won the game and, you know, it was an impressive win for them. Well, we saw some growth out of Southside, too, which I think we expected after hearing, you know, leading up to the season, more bodies out there. They were able to field a freshman team, actually, for this year, which is exciting for them. So congratulations to the Cadets getting the win and uh, some growth on both pro on both sides. So it was it was a good night, I feel, for both programs, despite Southside falling. 
Definitely. Bishop Dwenger, 43-27 over the Wayne Generals. In that game, a female scored the first points ever by a female in Wayne Generals football history. And Michelle Hurst uh, had a few point-after touchdowns that uh, went through the upright. So congratulations to her. And uh, But Bishop Dwenger... Wayne, once again, here, a competitive game, a competitive yeah. score. Yeah, I, I felt like all the way through the SAC last night, and I was trying to do some research on on when's the last time we had five SAC games that every team scored in double digits, and I really didn't have to go back that far. It was like 2018, but I felt like that was pretty amazing considering some of the lopsided scores and, and the, the bad teams, quite frankly, we've had in recent years. But all five of those games were competitive, and some were more competitive than others, but they were... While the final scores may look a little lopsided, that South Concordia game was close. And even that Bishop DeWanger-Wayne game, you know, for the first half was was pretty close as well. So um, it was a tremendous football game you know, out, out uh, with DeWanger and Wayne as well. And, you know, new quarterback at Bishop DeWanger still feeling out some things. Uh, you know, Sean Collins at Wayne, you could argue, is is arguably the best running back in the SAC. And that includes a lot of talented guys yes, that we're going to get does. to. But, you know, Wayne, I think you looked at a team last night and said, okay, they're better than they were a year ago. And I think across the board in the SAC, I think a fair amount of teams you could say that about after last night. And see, and this will just, as a conference, make everybody so much tougher as you go through the grind of the conference season, the nine weeks of that, and then get into postseason play where, once again, schools are playing against others their size and uh, – it's going to toughen them up to have a little bit more parity yeah, than, than an, uh, you know, a, a contenders and pretenders kind of a thing. So, uh, no, I, I was uh, I was pleasantly surprised at, at like you said, the double-digit scoring from every team last night. Other scores, uh, Homestead erases a 14-13 deficit at Northrop to the Bruins and uh, comes back on top 31-14. to And once again, Homestead, had to replace an outstanding quarterback. Yeah, Peyton Slavin being inserted there as the starter at Homestead, and it took a little bit for that Homestead offense to find itself. I think the defense struggled early as well, but were able to find themselves in the second half. I think they were able to wear down Northrop in after that after halftime. And I've talked to Northrop coaches and say, look, we have ones that can match up with pretty much anybody in the SAC now. It's those twos and threes where you really see the significant drop. And I think that's what happened with Northrop there in a brutally hot last night. I mean, you know, watching games, there was cramping all over the place. It was, it was, it was just a difficult night of football, both for fans and players. And I think quite frankly, Northrop just wore down in that second half. Yeah. With temperatures in, in the low to mid eighties at kickoff, the humidity and, is just brutal. And, and it's, it's not to hydrate. And, and I am certainly uh, not of the medical profession, but to hydrate doesn't mean to just drink a couple of uh, uh, vessels of water before the game. Hydration starts uh, days before a contest like this and uh, and has to be done properly and, and correctly, and, and otherwise it can happen. It can happen if you do. Yeah. So as far as the uh, you know cramping and things like that, but, yeah, that was indeed a factor all over northeast Indiana last night. Okay, uh, last two games on the Summit Athletic Conference schedule. Snyder over Northside, 34-32, a back-and-forth game. Nicholas 
Talamantes. How about that kid? Seven yard field goal as time expired to give the Snyder Panthers that victory. And, uh, you know, as we talked right before the start of the show, I mean, Snyder has been uh, blessed with so many outstanding kickers, kickers that have gone on to, to kick collegiately. You know, and I'm thinking of the John Rockles and, you know, the Vito Speciales and, and guys of that ilk. My goodness. Um, but Mr. Talamantes uh, sealed the deal with a 47-yarder last night. An amazing sequence of events in a lot of different ways in that game. And uh, I caught it on Summit City Sports as I was out at Carroll. Uh, so I was able to watch most of the game. And, you know, it's take Talamantes, who at the end of the first half, Snyder tried to kick a field goal, a 48-yard field goal, to end the first half. It was significantly short by Talamantes and returned for a 95-ish yard touchdown by Bronte Johnson to end the first half. And it was a 21-17 lead for Northside because of it. And then in the second half, Talamantes kicks uh, are one of the worst field goals I've seen a Snyder kicker kick or extra points in, in quite some time. It was not blocked. It was short. And then for Snyder then, after Northside scores to go up one, or it was, what was it? It was, they went for two to take the lead instead of being tied. And, and Brayshawn Johnson, or Brayshawn Bassett, who played phenomenal last night at quarterback, uh, made a big play for that two-point conversion. Then Snyder able to get down the field with limited time. They had like a minute to go. And they'd conserve their timeouts, but they ran great plays. Luke Hoppert hitting receivers near the sidelines, working back. They, they get called for a sketchy uh, intentional grounding call. And then with six seconds left, they could line up for a field goal or throw. Instead, they run the football out of bounds, get one second left. Like, that is a ballsy call with six seconds to go saying, I have the confidence of my kids to know exactly what they need to do mm-hmm. in, the, in, in five seconds at most to get an extra six, seven yards to get closer for Talamentes. And then he just, an absolute strike, kicks it easily, easily through the uprights. Snyder gets the win, but it was a phenomenal football game. Northside played great. Snyder played great. Just a, a great night all around. Unfortunately, a team had to lose. Well, and while we're naming names, Tyrese Brown of Snyder, 265 yards, uh, found the end zone three times. Yeah. And uh, uh, Hopper. Hopper. Uh, Luke Hopper plays talk about phenomenal. Very efficient. 14 and 19, uh, 122 yards on the night. But uh, that's the efficiency. Yeah. And, and the decision making is is there so uh so many stars out of that game last night bronte johnson was phenomenal you know it, it would have been four touchdowns for tyrese brown if if johnson had not pursued on the backside and clubbed the ball out literally at the one yard line as brown was running in for a touchdown and then johnson did recover inside the five so erased a touchdown there markel keel was humongous for snyder on the edge you know pressure all day long uh, Rodney Woods and Jordan Turner were phenomenal with wide receivers for Northside. Northside battled cramping last night. We mentioned it earlier, but it, uh, I saw at least four or five guys deal with, down with cramps, and they were missing key guys at key parts of that game because they were cramping. So that's something that Northside's going to have to uh, to rectify and make sure those guys are hydrated because that may very well have cost them the game last night. There's those cramping issues. The Fifth and final game on the Summit Athletic Conference schedule last night was the one you heard right here on 1380 and 100.9 FM from Carroll High School. It was the Bishop Lures Knights 
beating Carroll 38 to 31, the debut of the Carroll Stadium, beautiful complex. It, it just even beyond just the football. I mean, all the renovations going on there is, is going to make that just a state-of-the-art facility for athletics. And I mean, from that perspective, band and in other uh, event type uh, activities that will go on at Carroll High School as well. But 38-31, this was hyped as you know the battle of a couple of the most elite quarterbacks in the conference in Jeffrey Becker and Carson Clark. And uh, what do we got? Well, this was a, a phenomenal football game that Bishop Lures was able to execute late to get the win and a couple big touchdowns Antoine Lake with the uh with the catch and run for a touchdown to put Bishop Lewis up two scores was huge in the second half uh, Carroll was able to get within one but it came down to surprisingly Bishop Lewis not wearing down in the trenches they were able to in I want to say instill their will it wasn't that lopsided but hold their own and win battles up front against Carroll we felt okay that was the big question for Bishop Lewis as they play these 6A and 5A teams is in the second half. Are they going to wear down? They don't have much depth. Are they going to be able to, you know, really play for 48 minutes to the level that they're going to need to to beat these teams? Last night they were able to do it. I think Carroll is missing a playmaker or two to be a true dynamic offense, and I feel like there is potential on that offense to find those guys. But, man, Bishop Blues just has so many weapons. I mean, Sir Hale was was great last night. Just such a grinder when we talk about not wearing down. I mean, Sir Hale was hitting the holes as as hard as he was in the opening, you know, snap of the game. Uh, you, Antoine Lake, Brody Glenn, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a, a litany of guys that they can look to on that team. And it paid off last night. And I feel it changes the perception of Bishop Lures and competing for the SAC with what happened last night. They can beat a 6A Carroll team. Why can't they beat a 6A Homestead team? Why can't they beat a 5A Snyder team? Why can't they beat a 5A Bishop Dwenger team? I feel like it opens up the possibility that Bishop Lures can be a big-time factor in the SAC. No doubt about it. We're going to go ahead and step out take a break. We're going to come back and give you scores from, well, the Northeast 8 Conference, the Allen County Athletic Conference, and the NECC. We'll do all that when we return. You're listening to Talkin' Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 AM, 100.9 FM. Insurance rate lately? Think it's about time to get a competitive quote? Call the Wise Insurance Agency today at 260-747-5373. Located at 7410 Bluffton Road, Wise Insurance is a local company. For 15 A-plus rated carriers, allows Coach Ron Wise to assess your needs and determine the best option for you to give you maximum coverage with the most affordable premiums. The Wise Insurance Agency also offers motorcycle, RV, and watercraft insurance, as well as renter's insurance, flood, and umbrella policies. Multi-policy discounts are also available, and make sure to ask Ron about the good student discount up to 20%. Let Coach Wise show you the fundamentals of getting the right insurance. Don't put it off. Contact Coach Ron and the Wise Insurance Agency team today at 260-747-5373 or find them online at thewiseinsuranceagency.com. 
At Master Spas, our mission is to make the world's best hot tubs and swim spas so people can live life better. And that all begins with people like you. Our growing team at Master Spas enjoys on-the-job training, opportunity for growth, and more. Master Spas is currently hiring hundreds of full-time positions, offering competitive salaries and benefits with medical insurance available after 30 days, a 10% premium for second shift, sign-on and retention bonuses for premium positions, paid vacation after just 90 days, employee discounts on hot tubs and swim spas, and much more. Master Spas is holding two to three group interviews every week with immediate openings. We want you to apply today. Go to masterspasjobs.com to view open positions and apply. That's masterspasjobs.com. Be a part of the largest swim spa manufacturer in the world right here in Fort Wayne. Apply online today at masterspasjobs.com. The Tin Caps will be back home at Parkview Field next week to host the Reds-affiliated Dayton Dragons. Get your seats now at TinCaps.com. Until then, Fort Wayne is on the road this weekend against the Tigers-affiliated West Michigan Whitecaps. After a dominant 11-1 win last night, the Tin Caps look to make it back-to-back -to -back tonight. First pitch is at 7.05. Our pregame coverage begins at 6.45. It's all right here on your flagship home for Tin Caps Baseball, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Hey Hoosiers, train for your dream career for free. It sounds too good to be true, but Indiana needs more workers with career skills. For a limited time, tuition-free training programs are available through Indiana's Next Level Jobs program. With more than 125 different skills and certificate options available, you're sure to find the right fit to further your career. It's free to apply, and it only takes a few minutes to begin to change your life. Visit nextleveljobs.org. Sponsored by Indiana Commission for Higher Education. Now back to Talking Sports with Jim Shovelin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply. For a Saturday, August 21st, and August 21st means week one of the high school football season is uh, in the books in Northeast Indiana. And we just recapped the Summit Athletic Conference scores, so now... It is on to the Northeast 8 Conference uh, and beyond because don't forget the ACAC, NE8, and the NECC don't start conference play until, what, week four? So they've got three weeks of non-conference, although the SAC right out of the gate will uh, play every single regular season game as a conference game. So uh, here are some of the scores from last night. Adams Central, 49-6 uh, to over Belmont, and you could probably see this coming justin you know surprise here belmont still trying to find itself now has lost 20 games in a row adam central the class of the acac so no surprise here interesting one uh, last night angola over decalb 42 28 this was a game that i felt uh could go either way mm -hmm. De uh, decalb lost a lot to graduation 22 seniors but uh, and this was a back and forth game too so it was a phenomenal game uh, contest all around. I felt like Angola was able to instill in Will. It's a little bit later. Um, you know, outscored DeKalb 21-7 after the break. Finley Hasselman, four touchdowns for Angola. Hornets looking good. Can they challenge Fairfield in the NECC? We'll find out later on this season. Greg Bolton, Columbia City, beat Cherubusco 26-7. 
Uh, lopsided on the scoreboard, but talking to coaches and, and some players, this was an ugly game. I mean, this was a, a grinded out top type football game. Cherubusco loves to make things ugly. And I think Columbia City still has a lot of holes to fill. So Greg Bolt with a big night. But overall, it wasn't as aesthetically pleasing for Columbia City fans as maybe they were hoping for. But hey, week one, win is a win. Exactly. East Noble, a 56-33 winner over Plymouth. East Noble uh, doing what they do best, and that's put points on the board. Kanan Carrico, I think 243 yards on the ground for East Noble. Uh, he, we, we've heard in the regular season or the preseason that Carrico is going to be a big deal, but close to 600 yards of total offense for East Noble. So they begin the season rolling a team that in Plymouth that struggled last year but looks to have a better program here year two. It was Eastbrook over Huntington North, 41-6. to And then moving on, it was Garrett getting a victory over New Haven, 21-18, to and not one but two overtimes. How about that? With the Railroaders double overtime, knocking in a field goal to win the game and beat New Haven uh, on the road. It was a great win for Garrett. And, and I think more questions for New Haven. I, I you know, In the preseason, a lot of people around New Haven were, were kind of questioning why they weren't getting the respect that they felt they deserved. You got to earn that respect. Three straight, five win seasons for New Haven. And Coach Boer takes over. A little bit of growing pains anticipated, but nobody really looked at uh, week one against Garrett as being an issue. Now they have to host Eastbrook next week. That's one of the top 2A programs in all of Indiana. So it doesn't get any easier for the dogs. Norwell 48 to 6 over Jennings County. The Knights, uh, once again, remember last year, all they did was win until you get to the end of the season. It's like Norwell's up there 6 and 1 of the conference. Right? And a great start for them. You know, kind of hitting the road. It was a neutral site for at uh, Knightstown, Town, yes. Where they played them. But Luke Graft, 171 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Uh, Brody Bolin, one of the best two way linemen in the area, a sack and an interception return for a touchdown for the junior. So great start for Bolin. And the Norwell Knights getting a dub on the road. I tell you what, Brody Boland, I remember, well, I, I had a career at Sports Center, the Village of Coventry uh, Sporty Goods Store Team Apparel. Uh, he used to come in with his dad, Ryan. His dad, Ryan, is the longtime women's softball coach at the University of St. Francis. And he would come in, and, and little Brody would come in with him and, uh, you know, just kind of disrupt the place a little bit and then dad would have him pick everything up all the all the footballs and basketballs because i'm brody bowling it, it doesn't matter what sport it is he's going to excel at it but um and just a junior so uh anyway he was uh uh you know quite the beast i remember him on the baseball diamond as well as a sophomore and uh you know big things ahead for mr bowling but now the other game leo 43 to 12 over woodland Let's that was expected. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. But then now now Leo's got uh, Angola at home next week. But uh, talk a little bit about the Lions. A big it was a balanced effort for Leo. I mean, you know, Carson Hepner, uh, a touchdown. Mason Sharon with a couple touchdown rushing. Uh, DJ Allen was big. Three tackles and a sack a forced fumble. I don't think we know. Uh, I mean, this is kind of a tune-up game, to be honest, for Leo. Uh, I, I, we really feel like they're going to be the class of the Northeast State with East Noble. Maybe find a little bit more about them next week. I want to see that Leo team when they're facing adversity offensively and they can't move the chains on the ground. That's what I want to see. We had to wait till the sectionals last year to see it, and they flunked that test 
against East Noble. I want to see it this year. And, and, and maybe it doesn't rear its head until the sectional again. But until I see that, it's tough for me to look at Leo and say that's a legitimate 4A contender to go deep in the playoffs because you can't be one-dimensional and, and, and make deep, deep postseason runs unless you're absolutely phenomenal at what you do. So I think that's a question mark for Leo. And, you know, luckily they're tested a lot out of the gate. And you know, starting next week, it's Angola, Norwell, New Haven, East Noble, four straight games. Yeah. So Norwell on the road, East Noble on the road in particular are going to be the big test for Leo. Indeed. Moving on to teams from the ACAC, Bluffton, a 27 winner over Northfield. And uh, the Tigers getting it done. Lucas Hunt taking over his first, um, you know, extended action at quarterback, had some spot action a year ago and performed well. That's a good win for Bluffton on the road. Northfield is is no joke. They won uh, as recently as a couple of years ago. We were very good. Six wins last year, seven wins the year before. I mean, it's a pretty solid program. And for Bluffton to go on the road and knock them off is always a good start to the season. Eastside and Laban Davis, 35 to nothing over Heritage. And, and it seems like we say Laban Davis – how long have we been? How long has this kid <laughs> been, been in high school? He's been around a minute. Oh, my goodness. Uh, good win for Eastside. I, I, maybe a bit of a disappointment for Heritage. We thought, okay, year two under uh, Coach Casey Colkman, maybe we'll see some some strides made there week one. But it's a tough challenge to open up with Eastside. I expect Heritage to be better than they were a year ago. But you look at Eastside and you look at that defense a year ago that only twice in the regular season gave up more than one touchdown. They pitch a shutout in the first game of the season this year. Is that setting the tone then for what could be a very, very, very good defense again this year? They host Adam Central next week. And 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 what my opinion could be one of the best games of the week. Indeed. Fremont, 55 to 16 over Southern Wells. Jay County, a 33-6 winner over Blackford. Uh, congratulations, Jay County. It's been a minute. Ending a 10-game losing streak, and I, I've said it, Grant Zagunda is the guy at Jay County that's going to turn that program around. He has career win now, number 205, and did a phenomenal job at Delta for a long time, winning multiple sectionals and, and, and a couple regional championships. So he is the guy that's going to take that program back, and a good start is getting that long losing streak ended. And the South Adams Starfires uh, picked up where they uh, pretty much left off last season with a 35 nothing blanking of Winchester. You know, over the past week, uh, I've been told, oh, you know, it's going to be tough for South Adams. The defense is struggling. Uh, we have the offense, but defensively, we could get up a lot of points. And they go and shut out Winchester. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Winchester's no joke either. That's a pretty solid Golden Falcons program. And they go and shut out, something they didn't do last year when they got to the state championship game. So uh, maybe the the current number one team in 1A, South Adams, isn't uh, in bad a shape as some people, even within Burn, thought. Moving on to teams from the Northeast Corner Conference. And uh, let's turn to Miles Shovelin for uh, some of those scores. Central Noble, um, the West Noble... 21 to 14. In the next game, um, Goshen beat Fairfield 21 to 10. Prairie Heights beat Whitco 39 to 7. St. Joseph beat Lakeland 27 to 0. So, what do you see out of those games, Justin? Uh, Central Noble gets a win, but uh, West Noble. 
uh, after uh, having uh, a lot of success in the past, uh, struggled last year. And uh, so uh, in Central Noble uh, is a team that's finding themselves as well. West Noble missing Braxton Pruitt, arguably their best player last night. Uh, he's going to be out for a couple weeks with a minor injury. But uh, Hayden Kilgore doing a great job uh, at Central Noble, gets the first win of the season for them. They've now beaten West Noble two straight seasons. You know, Fairfield losing to Goshen maybe uh, jumped out to people considering when we looked at Fairfield and went undefeated in the regular season. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's a, a good barometer game for Fairfield, jumping up, taking on a 5A Goshen team that admittedly the last couple years hasn't been that good. But I feel like they're maybe turning the corner a little bit at Goshen. I think they had like three or four years of consecutive one-win seasons. But I think this is going to be a better Goshen team. A good challenge for Fairfield, but maybe a, a, a bit of a warning sign to say maybe that gap between Goshen and Angola and dare we say Garrett potentially after what we saw last night exactly could be closing. Yes, and Garrett with that quality win over an NE8 opponent. Uh, Prairie Heights, I mean, uh, congrats, uh, good on them for uh, for an opening week win, and uh, and oftentimes uh, Prairie Heights much maligned. Over the years, but I mean, they've uh, they've they've had a few wins here and there in the last couple of seasons. But uh, my goodness, uh, thirty nine to seven over Whitco. So um, and one and zero for the first time since two thousand three. How about that? Very high. There we go. Well, those are the scores from week one of the high school football season. Don't forget, uh, of course, uh, next Friday night, uh, once again, starting with the sports rush with Brett and Caleb at four o'clock. All the way up to 11 o'clock, comprehensive high school football coverage, seven hours total. Uh, you can't beat it if you love high school football. Before we go to break, Automotive Color and Supply text line is open at 46862. That's 46862. Put TS in the front of your message. Uh, I had a message uh, that came in from TC. He said, what an atmosphere at Carroll. I saw him uh, uh, and Steve Ludwiski walking by there uh, by the tent and Waved. He said he was impressed with the way Lures ran the ball. And uh, he's a big game for Carroll next week at early. And I think, you know, that's another uh, barometer game of where these teams are. It's so easy to take snap judgments out of one 48-minute football game mm -hmm. in week one. So we look at the SAC, for example, and we say, okay, Carroll's not going to be there. Uh, Snyder's going to be there. What about Northside? What about Bishop Lures? What about Homestead? Remember, Homestead loses to Northrop last year in week one. And, yes, they were missing players. Doesn't matter anymore. The fact is they lost. They were 0-1. What did they do? They just won eight straight games, won the bell, and ended up uh, winning a sectional championship as well. So week one is not an indicator of how the rest of your season is going to go. It's still up to you, win or loss. A lot of football let, yet to be played. And so, you know, while we were so excited with football being back last night, just temper the the uh, the snap judgments a little bit on all these programs because just one out of nine regular season weeks are in the books. Plenty of stuff can still happen. I've always said it, it takes three weeks to separate the pretenders from the contenders. And, uh, and, and even at that, sometimes based on these schedules, uh, you have a, a tough time gauging where a team's going to be but yeah no doubt we're, we're it, was, gonna go it was a great it was a great atmosphere out at carroll you, we were both there a lot of people tons of people out at chambers field last night too uh, a, a huge crowd snyder brought it Northside yes. brought it it was awesome to see an awesome game too so 
uh, with with the limitations we've had that we had last year with crowds. And hopefully we're not trending in that direction this year. But it was awesome last night to see some full houses around the Summit City. Definitely. We're going to go ahead, step out, take a break. When we come back, well, second half of the show is going to have a, a definite baseball a uh, little to it. Uh, we're going to be talking with Mike Nutter, president of the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, in our weekly Tin Caps chat. And then we're going to talk with Ivy Tech Baseball's head coach, Connor Wilkins, after that and uh, find out about this, uh, this baseball program that's not uh, that old. But I'll tell you what, it's been that successful already. We'll talk to Connor uh, as well as Mike when we return. You're listening to Talking Sports presented by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. Hi, this is Trent Diller, Senior Vice President and Agency Partner at Insurance Management Group, or IMG. My dad, Terry Diller, and myself brought our staff and over 200 years of combined insurance experience to Insurance Management Group in 2018. IMG has been providing personal and business clients competitive pricing and superior service for over 100 years, and with access to more than 20 personal lines carriers and 100 commercial lines carriers, we have options for all your insurance needs. In a time when agencies are being acquired by larger entities, we have made a commitment to our clients and communities to remain locally owned, a tradition our ownership plans to pass down to future generations. We know purchasing insurance can be overwhelming, but our staff of over 50 employees is here to help make sure your experience is as painless as possible. So, if you're tired of the old, boring way of purchasing insurance to protect your most valuable assets, call the name you've trusted for your insurance needs for over 40 years, the Diller family, at 260-338-2434 or online at insurancemanagementgroup.com. We look forward to earning your business. I am isolated. I am crashing with friends. I am living with mental illness. Homelessness is a real issue, but the real issue isn't as simple as housing. At the Rescue Mission, our Christian ministries address the true causes of homelessness by helping people overcome the physical, emotional, educational, and economic hardships they may be facing. Because it's not enough to simply help people survive. Your gift can help them thrive. Learn more at fwrm.org slash change for good. I am learning new skills. I am healing from trauma. I am connected to resources. Homelessness looks different than you might imagine, and so does the solution. At The Rescue Mission, our Christian ministries address the true causes of homelessness by helping people lay a foundation for a successful future. Because a meal and a warm bed might change life for a moment, but with your help, we're changing lives for good. Become a monthly donor at fwrm.org slash changeforgood. Score a major payday with BetMGM. It's the best time to sign up for the king of sportsbooks because they're giving new customers a shot at an easy 100 bucks. Register using code CALEB100 and win $100 in free bets when you place a $1 money line wager on the Cubs or Royals. And if either team hits a home run, you win. Whether you're raising the stakes on summer baseball or wagering on your favorite soccer team, BetMGM is always ready for action. Enjoy innovative parlay selection builders, daily promotions, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the app or go to betmgm.com and use code CALEB100 to win $100 when you bet $1 on the Cubs or Royals. And if either team hits a home run, you win. Only at BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. New customer offer, paid in free bets. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Indiana only. Must be 21 years or older to wager. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Over the years, you've brought them into your home. You were prescribed opioids after the C-section, when dad injured his back, when your basketball star tore his ACL. Opioids helped with the pain, and you held on to them just in case. 
But did you know holding on to unused opioids puts your family at risk? Opioids are powerful pain-reducing prescription medicines, but most people who are prescribed opioids don't finish their prescriptions. So millions of unused opioids are sitting in homes across the country, and tragically, more than 100 Americans die every day from overdoses involving opioids. What can you do to protect your family? Remove the risk of unused opioids from your home. Pills, patches, or syrups in drawers, purses, and cabinets. Anywhere they might be hiding. To find out how to dispose of them properly, visit www.fda.gov slash drug disposal. Now back to Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station. 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talking Sports. Talking local sports of all sorts till the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. In case you're just joining us, you missed, well, high school football recaps of the big four conferences, the Summit Athletic, the ACAC, NE8, and Northeast Corner Conference. An exciting week one and uh, just blazing the trail. Can you believe mid-80s for uh, kickoff temperatures last night? And uh, just think, I mean, this is going to go... Full tilt until Thanksgiving until weekend. Thanksgiving. Yes. I was going to say, can you believe it? We're already 11% the way through the regular season. Just it's flying. You, you. Wow. Yes, we are. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, hey, whatever. if you got a question, comment, suggestion, rant, opinion, uh, do so via the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. 46862. Put TS in the front of your message. Uh, especially if you have a, a baseball-related question uh, for perhaps the Tin Caps. Because on the Talking Sports phone line, powered by Fireplace City County Federal Credit Union, is Fort Wayne Tin Caps President Mike Nutter. Mike, good morning. Good morning, Jim. It's great to be back with you. We've oh, been doing this deal lately where we lose the first three games of a series, and then we come back with a vengeance and I win guess. the next three to even it out. Maybe that's that's definitely what we did last week at home. Maybe that's what we're doing in Grand Rapids this week again as well. Indeed, a 10-run rule, if you will, over the Whitecaps, 11-1, to 1, uh, although it went nine. But uh, now just, just a half game out of, uh, well, what, fifth place in the uh, East Division of High A Central. So, uh, you know, the fortunes uh, may be turning. And as you said, got a homestand starting up on Tuesday, if I'm not mistaken. That's exactly right with promotions every night. I can rip through them real quick. It's the Family Feast, U.S. Foods on Tuesday, the Paws and Claws Wednesday, Thirsty Thursday, Friday's Fireworks, 80s night when you, me, and Justin did some of our best work, and uh, a Boy Scout overnight, Saturday night, Fireworks, then Sunday, Military Appreciation. So the promos resemble a lot of what it used to be, and there's just a lot to be excited about. There's only 12 home games left. Great to see. Yeah, a couple of six-game home stands. So uh, get out to Parkview Field and cheer on your tin caps uh, while you still can. Uh, and even the season's a little bit elongated from that perspective into September. So uh, you you have no excuses uh, if you can't get out there yet. So uh, let's talk a little bit. Mike, about the Golden Spikes Award. Now, to those not familiar, the Golden Spikes Award is equivalent to football's Heisman Trophy. This is the award for the best college baseball player in the land. And the Padres have one of these 
in their high A central affiliate, the Fort Wayne Tin Caps now. So uh, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. It's the first time we've ever had one that I'm aware of, all the way back through all the Wizards days. And so Kevin Copps, K-O-P-P-S, is the Golden Spikes Award winner. Like you said, the Dick Hauser Award winner. The guy won literally every award there is playing at Arkansas this year. The Razorbacks, they were the number one team in America for most of the season. And uh, rip through some stats real quick. Kevin went 12-1. and that's a pretty good start with 13, excuse me, with 11 saves, 89 innings pitched, 50 hits, and 131 strikeouts. Jeez. So, I mean, he won that award over Jack Leiter. He won that award over Kumar Rocker, you know, the Vanderbilt superstars. Mm-hmm. But every kid in the country that was competing in high school or college for the Golden Spikes, he won the award over them. And it's neat. He made his debut with us last night. Somebody might say, well, why do you only pitch one inning? A lot of times with the amount of innings on these college guys when they come in their first year, they're a reliever. Very rare to have somebody already at high A that fast. But uh, he made his debut last night with a scoreless inning. And there's an awesome article online about him from the Padres beat writer. If somebody just Googled Kevin Copps, they can read it. It was his sixth year at Arkansas with the two years with COVID, with a Tommy John surgery as a freshman, and the article states the first few years just didn't do a whole lot. Uh, He's out playing catch or fetch with his dog and finds a new arm slot and says to his coach when he gets back to college, hey, I throw a little differently now. Would you like to see it? And the coach says, oh, I like to see that, you know, after he got done with the bullpen and literally was as close to unhittable as you can be and won every national award there is. And so he's a tin cap, made his debut last night. Folks will be able to see him uh, this week coming up. So a lot of exciting stuff. You know, Mike, when players are drafted, and especially out of college, there has to be, with pitchers, a kid gloves approach because of the fact that perhaps maybe they've pitched a lot of innings, done a lot of bullpens, thrown a lot on the side, and then they're coming in and elongating this into, you know, July, August, September before, you know, shutting things down. When in collegiate ball, they may have started their regular season, well, in early February and maybe late January for that matter. For the, you know, but how, you know, what is the process? Because you have to be so careful with these yep. arms, because I mean, quite frankly, there's you know, and I've joked about it myself. There's only so many pitches in a human arm, and uh, you know, I always thought, you know, why waste them in foul territory? But anyway, you know, <laughs> but it is. I mean, it's it's a very big concern, and and there's a very large investment in these teams of these pitchers, especially. And uh, you know, what is kind of the protocol for this? That's a great question. Before answering that, you know, you nailed it. With the proliferation of Tommy John surgeries and other surgeries, I would say now the Padres have upwards of 10, you know, major prospects and major league guys uh, working their way back from stuff. And uh, so you have to be smart. Again, the national pitcher of the year, the best player there is and was this past year in college. I do not know on Kevin specifically. I want to make that clear on the front end. But a lot of times when a guy comes in under these same things, He's going to throw an inning like he did last night, not pitch again today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, hypothetically about Kevin, but 
maybe give you an inning tomorrow, or he might just be back on the slate to pitch an inning again Tuesday or Wednesday. And so, but you nailed it so many times, especially back in the day. The college guy would start on Friday, close on Saturday or Sunday, and it's just different. But the Arkansas, the Vanderbilts, Mississippi State, those guys played as many games as you can this year, starting as early as you can and going to the final week. And so these guys come in with a lot of innings. I think he pitched more innings this year at Arkansas than he had the first three years combined. And so, again, the Padres know this is a long-term uh, investment. It's a long-term prospect. And so they're not going to do anything crazy. Sometimes fans will say, well, why isn't that guy starting? Exactly. He was a great starter at, you know, fill in the blank at University of Florida. And it's like because he just threw 125 innings in college ball, which is more than any of our guys. They just want to get a feet wet with uh, the taste of pro ball. A lot of times they love to get them right to Fort Wayne to Parkview Field so those guys can see what's on the horizon at Petco Park. Uh, but again, very, very deliberate with what they do with mileage. And then also you think sometimes the guy is signed, and then do they get a break for a few weeks? So how do we build them back up? What do we do? Uh, nobody's really figured it out yet, but definitely cautious with any of the first-year draftees. Well, it also goes to show that uh, minor league managers and pitching coaches aren't just throwing anything like that. You have to be, you have to wear so many hats as a manager. You're, you're kind of the CEO of that, uh, that franchise. And then the pitching coach as well, kind of like the, well, with any kind of position coach in football, then you have to, uh, you know, you are in charge of that department, but then you still answer to the manager and it all has to do with the investment of the players and their development and progress. There's no question, and you teed that up perfectly because there's been a couple of instances this year, and most of them were games that got away uh, from us. A couple of them were, or maybe half, were games that we were considering out in front, and we're making a pitching change with two down in the ninth. And you could see, like, something out of a TV show or a movie. All make it a where uh, guys are on strict limits at times. Again, they're trying to figure this whole thing out. We've talked before throughout the year. There was not a minor league season last year. Mm -hmm. So somebody like Austin Smith that's been with us for a few years that was the former top pick of the Padres, A.J. Proler's first draft pick, former member of Team USA. You know, Austin, Austin and I are friends. Austin and his parents, uh, Austin's parents and I are friends. So they won't take this wrong this has been the best year he's had. He's throwing harder than ever. He's in a role where he's a great reliever, setup man, can give us one or two innings. But he hasn't thrown this many innings, maybe ever, or certainly in a long time, didn't pitch last year. You're just trying to figure out what is the right mix. Who's available today? If I can do it this week, I'll take a picture of one of our lineup cards posted, and, the, and we can send it to you, and we can put it on the – the Twitter for the show or something like that. But, like, who's available that night in relief? How many innings do they have? You know, that kind of stuff. The fans, you're exactly right. Uh, sometimes stuff is done on gut feel, but a lot of times it's, hey, this, and I'm not taking away anything from uh, Jimmy Jones and Anthony Contreras, but, like, hey, this is who we've got tonight. Let's, uh, it's not even piece it together. Let's, let's go win this game and, and see how we get through with the pitching that we have.
Hey, Mike, jumping in real quick, and we were talking about uh, pitchers and, and you know, talking about, you know, pitchers only have X amount of pitches in their arms. How early is too early to start monitoring pitch counts? Because I know your son is highly you know, invested, and you guys are traveling over for travel ball and all that stuff. And I know at least the tournaments that at, w, at World Baseball Academy, those go by innings instead of yeah. pitches. And, you know, I don't know what it looks like at, high, at the high school level at this point, but, you know, with the trickle-down effect with these guys' arms, how early is too early to start monitoring these guys and their pitch counts? Man, that is such a great question. High school last year did uh, bring some in. Is it enough? I don't know, but it's something, you know. And so, man, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to – I hope I don't offend anybody. I don't want to scare anybody. But seriously, 10, 12 years old? And what I mean is maybe they're not counting all the pitches, but if you're the mom or a dad of a kid out there that just likes to play ball or, or, or maybe got a gift from the man above – like, just, just be smart about it. You know, when we were coming up, you know, uh, my son and his group just played this past summer at, at, at 17U. Most of the boys are bigger than their dads now, you know, including mine. But you just want to – we would face people, and I would never use names or call anybody out publicly, like on the radio, but I remember distinctly we faced somebody a few years ago, back when they were like 12. Justin, he was one of these phenoms, like the greatest thing we had ever seen. I mean, ever. And uh, my son is a pretty competitive kid. However, the results go, and a high school coach in the area, the three of us know very well, came up to Carson at the end of the game at 12, and he said, you know, hey, Carson, man, you really battled in those at-bats. And my son didn't think so because I don't remember whether he had any hits any, any that day. And my son said, man, I'd like to face that guy again. And the coach, you know, just out of reaction said, well, you're going to need to face him in the next couple years because I'm not sure he's going to be able to pitch in high school. I'm talking about 120-some pitches at that age and then come back the next day and things like that. The one thing that I would say is there's so many great programs. There's great people out there uh, that really it's come a long way even in the years that we've been in it. We want Everybody wants to win, right? We want to win. We want to win. But that $5 trophy or medal just isn't worth it, and I'm here to say in a positive way, it's really come a good way. Um, you know, there's a couple times this year we have the Warrior kid that's a Blackhawk guy and really, really, really good, tons of college offers, and we would be going up against the team that we knew, and it's like, well, it's the final game, so we get Boyer, right? <laughs> no, he used all of his innings two days ago. What do you mean? You're not throwing him again? No, because mm. we want to go watch him play at fill-in-the-blank wherever he ends up going. Great question, Justin. Exactly. Well, Mike, thank you so much for joining us, and uh, we'll see you starting Tuesday at Parkview Field. Thanks. Bye-bye. That was Mike Nutter, president of Fort Wayne Tin Caps, on our weekly Tin Caps chat. We're going to go ahead, step out, take a quick break. We'll come back with Connor Wilkins, the head baseball coach at Ivy Tech and uh, the Titans man. So we will uh, do that when we return. You're listening to Talk and Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply on 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM. The Sports Rush with Brett Rump. Justin Kenny from outside the huddle.net. What have you sensed as far as the reaction to the news that the SAC Holiday Tournament may be coming to an end? There's still a lot of passion out there for the event, but when you look at dollars and cents, it hasn't made much sense lately in terms of bringing in big crowds, and it is an inconvenience to a lot of different people. The Sports Rush with Brett Rump. Listen every weekday at 4 on Fort Wayne Sports. 
Sports Station. I said Chantilly Lace and Eggshell, not Matt. Colby's Interior Design Consultancy is floored with new clients. Wait, wait what am I looking at here? This looks like plaid. They need an admin with an no. eye for design and a knack for numbers. Okay, hey, hey Luke, take a look at this. Does, do those numbers look right? Indeed can help them hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. Screen for quality candidates with the skills your role needs with Indeed Assessments. Visit Indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply. Look, staying healthy isn't easy. Watching your diet, hitting the gym, avoiding stress. But a good night's rest helps boost your overall health and wellness. And it couldn't be easier. The new Sleep Number 360 smart bed senses and automatically adjusts to keep you both effortlessly comfortable. The result? You wake up ready for anything. Proven quality sleep is life-changing sleep. Don't miss our weekend special where all smart beds are on sale. Save 50% on the new Sleep Number 360 limited edition smart bed. Plus free premium delivery ends Monday. Now back to Talkin' Sports with Jim Shovlin on Fort Wayne Sports Station, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to Talkin' Sports, presented by Automotive Color and Supply, along with Justin Kenny from OPS and OutsideTheHuddle.net, and Miles Shovlin from Croninger Elementary School. I'm Jim Shovlin. Thanks so much for tuning in as we're talking local sports of all sorts. Till the top of the hour at 10 o'clock. If you have a question, comment, opinion, do so via the Automotive Color and Supply text line at 46862. That's 46862. Put TS in the front of your message. And on the Talking Sports phone line right now, powered by Fire Police City County Federal Credit Union, is Ivy Tech Titans head baseball coach Connor Wilkins. Connor, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Jim. Appreciate it. Hey, the... Ivy Tech baseball program isn't that old, but yet it's already seen some great success. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of course, uh, initiated by uh, legendary coach Lance Hirschberger. But I, have you been there? You've been there since day one, haven't you? Yes, yes, that's correct. So we got to go ahead to start this program in April 2017. Um, Lance brought me to a dinner, told me what was happening. I couldn't believe it. I hadn't heard anything about it. Um, hired me as the assistant. And then we had about four months to come up with a baseball team. Um, and if anybody knows anything about college baseball, starting your recruiting process in April, um, and you got to play a game starting in that fall, because in junior college baseball you play fall games, it was, uh, it was a daunting task, but it ended up uh, being a good year for us. You know, I was going to ask you, and I had to jot it down, Connor, what's the biggest transition for a player going from high school to college because I know it's 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 big. It is. Usually a lot of high schoolers, the ones that are getting recruited, are top of the lineup, middle of the lineup guys. Mm -hmm. um, they come into college, and they might be from a smaller school. They might be from bigger schools. Regardless of that fact, you're getting guys that are coming in. And there's a couple things that there's not a big skills gap. There's the things that separate you are how you handle your business off the field. Are you a good student? Do you respect people? Do you get after it? Because um, the skills gaps are so close that it's really those factors that separate everybody else. So it, it's really developing the whole person um, that high schoolers aren't used to. They're used to just, oh, I'm one of the best athletes at my high school. I'm going to go out for the team, and, yeah, I'll play shortstop and bat leadoff. Now, as far as the Ivy Tech baseball program, and, and of course, uh, as you as you just said, uh, you play a, a fall season as well as a spring season. And uh, is Shove Park your home diamond currently? 
Gulf Park is our home diamond. Um, we are currently, I'm right out there right now, um, doing massive renovations to it. Um, <laughs> laying down new dirt, redoing the mound, redoing home plate, putting a nice dirt backstop in. Um, we had a, a generous anonymous donor um, play, uh, paid for one of the best guys in the state, Blake Marchand, to come out and work on our field. He works on Purdue's field. Um, if that tells you anything about the caliber um, the kind of worker he is. And it's a lot of people aren't going to recognize it when they come out and watch this play. I'll tell you, I've been by there recently and and, did, and hardly recognize it. And I'll tell you what, Connor, I started playing there in 1974 when there weren't dugouts. There were just benches. There weren't fences. There was just a backstop. There was no outfield fence. Actually, I helped put the infield sod in back in 1997 initially. So uh, you talk about coming a long way. And, and once again, I've seen a lot of uh, uh, renovation to that diamond. But recently, as I came through Shove Park and, and uh, went back by the diamond there, holy cow. I mean, the, the dugouts extended out now and the wood fencing and, and things of this. And it just just to give it uh, some some a baseball feel to it. And it was awesome to see. And uh, it just now, as far as the Ivy Tech baseball team and your fall schedule, when can people come out and see the Titans play at Shove Park? Well, at Shove Park, our first game will be September 12th. And a lot of our games, I'll be honest with you, in the fall are on the road. We still have some home games. We play October 9th. Um, I believe we have another October 16th game um, at Shove Park. Well, a lot of our games are on the road because we go to four-year schools so that they can see our guys mm-hmm. on their campus, on their field. And then if they're interested in them, they usually take them for a visit right after that. Um, we also, our first game, though, is down at Grand Park. We play, we play in something called the Puma Classic, and it's by invitation only. It's only the top junior colleges in the Midwest. And we're going to play Southeastern Illinois and John Wood, two really good junior colleges out of Illinois, and that we start that on September 11th. Now, as far as, you know, once again, uh, Ivy Tech is a junior college. You get these players for two seasons and two seasons only. And, and as you just said, you know, a lot of what you do then in the fall is kind of showcasing these kids that you recruited to be, uh, you know, showcase for the four-year baseball coaches that don't always have the budget to just go out and see kids and in video is great for for coaches to be able to evaluate and see what a player's got but you have to see these players in person to see how they how they carry themselves how they play on the diamond but but if they make it out if they if you know if, if they don't do well in a bat how they adapt and how they handle that how they handle adversity and uh, and of course everything else uh, that, that pertains to collegiate baseball with with as you said you know GPAs and and just uh, you know the talent level and being able to sustain but my goodness uh, uh, it's 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 quite a, a feat to be able to complete a season and much less uh, you know make the team and do it so I mean it's uh, the spring part of the season is not the most pleasant uh, to play under but still that that's what you got and uh, and it's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it can be pretty grueling with the temperatures sometimes. Um, we've played in a game, um, and this is we had to especially go to the Ash Center because it was snowing. Um, and we were playing a school from Michigan. They're used to it. Um, and we just said, hey, we can't play at Shelf today, but we can play at the Ash Center, the World Baseball Academy. 
and they said, we're for it. It's just flurrying, so it won't stick on the field, and it didn't, and we played through a snow game. Um, if that tells you anything about how the spring is, it does get really, really nice uh, in April and May, obviously. But, yeah, we have a unique job here at the junior college. We get our guys for two years, and our goal is to get them out. Yes, we want them to – they are grateful. They know they're blessed to be here at Ivy Tech. We have a lot of resources. We're a fully accredited institution, which is huge for a junior college, making sure their credits are going to transfer. But, yeah, we have the unique um, – it's not a burden. It's, it's a pleasure. Podcasts by Federated Media.